Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Touchdown! Tampa Bay! Knocked away and on the deflection, it's intercepted. That is Winfield with the pick. Trying to find the end zone, and no! How about that? One last indignity. Intercepted by White. And when the Super Bowl ended, the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. Not quite the back-and-forth haymaker, late-game heroic Super Bowl that we were all hoping for, but a lot of things we can get to in our final edition of what can the Vikings learn from blank playoff round. We'll get to what can the Vikings learn from watching the Super Bowl here. Uh, I do have a Mock Draft Monday mock for you guys, if we have time on today's show. I hope we have time. It's all about the draft and free agency. Mock Draft Monday for the next, like, what, eight weeks or so before the draft? Oh, the fun is just starting, boys. The fun is just, I can't wait till March. We're also, yeah, we're five weeks away, I believe, almost exactly five weeks away from the league year and the NFL free agency period opening up. Yep. Vikings are going to have to get our, we'll get into this too. Tom Pelissero has reported that the cap is going to be like 185 million or 181 or somewhere in that 180 to 185 range. So we'll do all those things. Mm. But mm. Um, before we get into anything, Declan, let's cheers to Corona hard seltzer. The football season's officially over and uh, we really appreciate our friends keeping us hydrated and also keeping us employed here on um, Purple Daily. It's Look, great. Corona hard seltzer season doesn't end. There is no off season. There's no league year. The league year is 365 days and 66 on leap year. Okay, like that. That's how Corona hard seltzer operates. I had my Buffalo wings. I had my Corona hard seltzer, and I was enjoying <laughs> one hell of a Super Bowl yesterday. Not watching the Vikings. Maybe someday. I can't imagine the amount of uh, Corona hard seltzers I will be cheersing and uh, drowning in for the lack of a better word, when the Vikings eventually get to the Super Bowl and probably... They had an Edward heart. Scissorhands ad on the yeah. Super Bowl yesterday. I'm thinking Edward Corona Hard Seltzer hands. hands. Or yeah. Edward Hard Seltzer Hands, because it's the only hard seltzer hands made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing <laughs> splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer, Spike Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Ooh. Illinois. All right, boys, before we get to things the Vikings could have learned watching the Super Bowl and Mock Draft Monday, we're actually going to start with a poll. All right. And I wasn't really intending to put this poll up last night, 
But admittedly, I was sparring with Kirk Cousins people, um, fans of Kirk Cousins, his which team, I am too. He's, he's my guy. Got hold of you. I'm number one Kirk fan. Yeah, you, you know, wore a hat. The Doctor Dagger. But I want to show you the results of a poll and get your thoughts. Okay. If Kirk Cousins was Tampa Bay's quarterback for the entire season, so I'm not just. I think last night a lot of quarterbacks probably could have ridden the wave of the bad Chiefs offensive line having two tackles that were not, you know, had no business playing their positions last night against that defensive front. A lot of quarterbacks could have won the game last night. It was a very defensive heavy performance by Tampa Bay. But if Kirk Cousins was Tampa's quarterback the entire season instead of Tom Brady, would the Buccaneers still have won the Super Bowl? 23% of people, and this is 3,300 votes here, 23% of people say yes, 77% of people say no. I'm going to be honest with you guys. And I said this in the tweet. I, I posted this out of morbid curiosity because it just felt like a lot of people were saying, boy, if Kirk had this, if Kirk had that. I'm kind of shocked by the 23% number. I thought it would be lower. But a lot of people look at that Bucks team last night and say, yep, if Kirk was the starter from week one, he would have a ring. Yep. What are your thoughts? Hmm. How can I put this nicely? Um, no, I don't feel... That way, I think that you're probably right with, with the way that the Chiefs played last night, and because Zim would have absolutely loved the flow of that game and to have that defense, that they could have won that game with Kirk Cousins. But that being said, your tweet says this entire season, and those to me are the key words to this tweet. So if I had taken if I had taken Kirk and planted him in Tampa Bay for Week One of 2020 and said go to it. I think the Buccaneers are a pretty good team. I think they're fine. Do I think they win a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. But then again, I am a big intangibles guy. I am a big, look, Brady's a jackass, but it's part of what makes him great. He has a gene that a lot of guys, and Jordan had the same gene, that um, a lot of guys don't have. Like, he has the gene that causes him when he... uh, suffers a a tough defeat, a loss, to walk off the field without, oh, my God, shaking hands. He didn't shake hands. How about that, right? He has got so mad about that. He's 43. He gets in Tyron Tyron Matthews' face last night and absolutely says, I'm going to dagger you. Uh, Kirk does not have those things, and I know that there's going to be a certain segment of people, Vikings fans, listening right now who who are going to say it doesn't matter. He just has the talent to do it. I disagree with that. Um, but there are a lot of intangibles that Brady has that Kirk does not. Uh, so I would say that the Buccaneers would be a fine team with Kirk, but a Super Bowl champion? No, I don't think that's so, at all. I, I have major thoughts on this in a second. I just want to I want to represent so the twenty three percent that said yes in just sort of tweeting back and forth. In some cases, having heated tweets back and forth. Um, when I when I asked for more insight, okay, well, you know, why do you think that? The message was mostly the same across the board. It's some combination of, well, Brady is a 43-year-old statue quarterback. He's just, you know, he's got great things around him. He's got these weapons and an offensive line that can give him more time. Kirk is younger. Kirk is even a little bit more mobile, less of a statue, just as accurate, if not more accurate. And so, you know, if he would have been plugged into everything that Brady was plugged into, then he would have reaped the same benefits. And now, Declan, you at the beginning of the year actually thought Kirk Cousins, yep. you would have taken Cousins yep. over Brady. And so what's your thought on this? Well, first off, I, I, I finally will say this. I, I want to apologize to Tom Brady for that take. I thought he was <laughs> washed. 
I almost gave up on this take like in week eight or nine, and actually that's when the Tampa Buccaneers hit a wall and lost like three games in a row. They were seven and five. The Vikings were hot. Oh man, what a difference six weeks, uh, eight weeks can make uh, from a from a Viking standpoint. I mean, yeah, Tom Brady is still better than Kirk Cousins. I thought he was washing what New England. I know he gets all these new weapons. There was a great stat yesterday in the Super Bowl that a hundred percent of the points scored yesterday by the Buccaneers. None of those players were on the roster year before. That's never happened in Super Bowl history. Mm. So, yes, Tom Brady, I know, has a lot more weapons and can still do it. It wasn't just that he was washing New England and Belichick was ruining his career. This dude's still going to be a cyborg and be very good for three or four more years. And I apologize to Mr. Tom Brady. Kirk Cousins, you are not on his level. I'm sorry, pal. So I, I think my, my initial visceral reaction to seeing the, the 23% number was, wow, this makes sense because it feels like there's been this huge argument, almost like politics in some way, like you're either... You know, you're red or you're blue. You're left or you're right. You're either pro-Kirk or anti-Kirk. And really, like, the nuanced reality is it's it, a lot of it depends on how much money he would make. You know, if he makes $20 million less, then you can put more pieces around him. So there's, there's a lot of nuance in this discussion. But I think in examining the 23%, it just seems like those fans see a Tom Brady clone who for his entire 10 year NFL career has just been super unlucky or trapped with miserable infrastructure around him. And they see, well, what if, see if the Vikings would get their act together, like the Buccaneers did, then you would see this potential legend emerge in Kirk cousins. Yep. And I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I actually want to lay out what I personally see when I compare Tom Brady and Kirk cousins, Get your guys' thoughts and also get thoughts from people that disagree at some point, whether you want to hit us up on Twitter or in the YouTube comment section. Let's start with the similarities, okay? I think there's a lot of similarities. They're both right-handed. They both have three-syllable names, and they both put their cleats on one foot at a time. There's, yep. So would you guys agree that there's some, there's yeah. some similarities the same exact thing. between yeah. Kirk and Tom Brady? Yes. Um, I can see how it would be confusing mm-hmm. if you were comparing the two. Like, wow, it's Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. They're both right-handed. If they're in the shadows, I don't even know how you would tell them apart. It's crazy. Now for the differences, okay? Let's start with on the field. Kirk Cousins has seven career wins against teams with winning records. Teams that finish the season with a winning record. Seven, okay? Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl. Yes. That also means he has seven wins in the conference championship game plus another three that he lost in the Super Bowl. He's the greatest of all time. (laughs) Brady is also incredible on the field at feeling pressure in the pocket. When things are collapsing, he can take a step to his left, right, up, down, back, get the throw off. Kirk often gets ambushed regularly because he can't get out of his own internal clock. Um, And Brady excels in the late stages of halves and games, and Kirk is statistically at his worst inside four minutes of the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. In terms of leadership, Judd already nailed these things. Tom Brady elevates everything he touches. These are things, by the way, that are harder to quantify when you're looking at stats. Because you might look and say, well, wait, they both throw for 4,000 yards. Kirk threw 35 touchdowns. They both throw a lot of touchdowns. Sure. Uh, they both put up 300-yard games. Well, the things that you wouldn't necessarily see in an analytics report or a pro football reference stat sheet, Tom Brady elevates everything he touches. He drives his teammates and coaches to be better. He builds great rapport with his teammates. And he recruits players to come play with him that otherwise wouldn't have. He's obsessed with winning championships. Kirk is more of a follower. He's not driving the direction of a team. He's going along with the direction of a team. 
Brady takes over a seven-win non-playoff team and elevates them to a Super Bowl championship. Kirk takes over a 13-win team, misses the playoffs, and everyone makes excuses for it. Brady is a bleep-you competitor who seeks out, like Judd said, Teron Matthew and chirps him in the middle of the field in a Super Bowl. Kirk doesn't really do things like that. And so, like, while he's certainly not the biggest problem the Vikings have, I am so shocked that 23% of people literally look at the Buccaneers and say, yep, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, pretty much the same guy. Pretty much, like, if you you were to just give him circumstances like Tom Brady has. They look at the stats and and hope, and unfortunately... It's not the case, but yeah, the, the, uh, and it's a big thing, but it's a behind the scenes thing is the difference is this Kirk goes out and says, I'm going to go recruit a guy. And his phone call is to Aldrick Robinson. Brady says, I'm going to recruit Wait, a guy. Dragon Aldrick Robinson. And he calls, and and he calls, That's a low blow. and he calls Gronk and he calls Gronk, but you and know Antonio what? Brown who's a but terrible you know human learned? being, but you know what we've learned? We have learned again that the formula for for if you don't have a great quarterback potentially leaving the spot open to get one when your team's window is open and set to pop is the best move. Case in point, if it had if the timing had been right, I think the Vikings win a Super Bowl in 2018 with Brady. I think that team coming off 17 with because keep in mind how different the mental attitude of that team is with him. And also, and this, he is, he is a bleep. I am not going to argue for one second that I think he is a great guy. But the story I loved after the conference title game in Green Bay about Brady was this. A teammate, I guess, was crying, like so happy. And Tom goes, what the bleep are you crying about? We've got a win left here. <laughs> and look, that's Jordan. That's Kobe, right? It's the same exact I love that. thing. It's so amazing. Why are like, you dude, crying, you I've done idiot? This, done this nine times. Yeah, bro. don't worry yeah. about it. We're going to win one more game. Don't yeah. be crying. But but my <laughs> my point being is, if you put all of these things, I think, on the 2017 into 18 Vikings with that defense and a bleep you, we are going to do this attitude. Yeah, I think that team not only does not miss the playoffs, I think they win the Super Bowl. I love the 2018 comparison because it really like if you want to if you, if you want to start to play the the comparison game between Brady and Cousins and I, I, like saying that out loud is amazing to me but but I'm just going off the poll results 23% of people said yep if you interchange these two guys and this team wins the championship either way yep. 2018 Vikings coming off a 13 win season best defense in the NFL defense took a step back in 2018 but not a huge step back. It was still a top 10 defense yes. across the board in many categories. Yep. In fact, in both 2018 and 19, the Vikings were top 10 in scoring defense. I think they were top five again in one of those years. Better defenses than, for sure, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and, and kind of on that same level as what Tampa Bay has brought in, which is a really good defensive front, which the Vikings have had, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin. But then the other thing, when we look at 2018, we and, and Mike Zimmer wound up firing John Filippo in the middle of the season. They wanted a more pass-centric offensive approach to mold with Kirk Cousins' four to 5,000-yard passing track record in Washington, right? But they felt so uncomfortable, and Mike Zimmer felt so uncomfortable with an aggressive, pass-heavy approach. He fired the offensive coordinator halfway through the season and was like, no, we can't be, we can't be leading the league in pass attempts. 
This is not going to work. Now, the offensive line that Tampa has now is better than the one the Vikings had in 18. But the other main argument was, oh, it's just so hard when you have a new offensive coordinator in a new system. It just takes, even Kirk said it himself, like, we got to work on those code words. Yeah. And it's be another year in the system. Yep. Tom Brady walks in. Tom Brady has played in one system for 20 years, 19 years, whatever it was, right? Yep. And now, now New England's system molded to the opponent. It was kind of an amoeba offensive system where sometimes they were more run heavy. Yeah, it was smart. But he was in one system or one set of framework for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. He comes in completely different. Bruce Arians is saying no more of these slants over the middle. We are going to have you drive the ball down the field and throw 20-yard out routes outside the hash marks as a 43-year-old. New language, new teammates, new everything. And that dude won the Super Bowl. And yes, defense was good. Offensive line, much better than what the Vikings have right now. But I, th- I mean, to, to be able to just jump right in and be the leader and ass- essentially be another head coach by the end of the season in something completely new is amazing. And for that alone, um, I think he deserves a little bit more respect than to have 23% of people say, oh, you could just throw well, Kirk or Stafford or Matt Ryan or anybody into the same situation and they would have won the Super Bowl. Come and on Kirk, so if you, you were to compare these two things and say that Kirk was to have or could have had the success in 18 that Brady did this year, you are talking about Kirk also at some point later in that season Instead of Flip being fired, right, and he's calling plays and Zim hates him, uh, Kirk goes in and says, I got this. Like, it's time to do, it's time for me to do me. That's what this was. Because, I mean, the the whole thing for what, eight, nine, ten games was Arians wants this and it's not what Tom wanted and they're going back and forth. And and, and at some point in time, it's very clear that Tom said, okay, now, now we do it my way. And Bruce was a smart guy. And this is hard for a lot of coaches Arians basically is like, okay, cool, that's fine. So th- this this would be Kirk pulling the ultimate card and saying, it's time for me to do me and Mike and John sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. And that's so so. There's just so many intangibles here, and, and I mean, the guys won seven Super Bowls, seven, seven of them. So yeah, the comparison is tough, but I do think that there are Vikings teams. That if you had plugged Brady in in the last few years, if he had uh, left the Patriots at that time, that the Vikings would have been viable Super Bowl contenders and could have won it. I think in I think in 2017 they for sure win it. I think in 2018 they win it. I think in 2019 they win it. I honestly think they I think are they're at least like in the game and playing against whoever would have been coming out like the Kansas City Chiefs or something sure. coming out of the AFC. Uh, boys, let's transition into things the Vikings could have learned if they had a notepad and were taking notes during the Super Bowl. Powered by Federated Mutual Insurance Company, Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years, and they recently launched My Shield, the online destination for risk management resources. Think about as a business owner how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. You know, think about the risks that might take place at your company. Do, do your employees drive company vehicles? Do they use ladders, etc.? cetera? Um, those are things you're going to want to have plans for. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. Click on the MyShield link or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business, 
to protect yours. Dex, let's fire up some appropriate music here. And uh, we'll start with Judd Zolgad. Things the Vikings could have learned at taking notes watching the Super Bowl. Okay, my first one is is on the Vikings offense, but it's actually going to be a Kirk-free zone, okay? So I'm not going to pick on Kirk. I'm not going to pray. Kirk-free zone right here, okay? It's a safe place for Kirk. I'm not promising that, by the way. Mine is, but unfortunately, I'm still going to, and, and still, and still, uh, I'm going to have something to say about another member of the Vikings offense. But I want him to know, Dalvin, it's not your fault. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the latest team to show us that scheme is very important, and quality running backs are important, but paying them a ton is not. Tampa has two backs who are effective, and what and and what are they? Able to do, they're able to establish play action, right? Because establishing play action is important. I will contend that that is accurate. But what it is not necessary to do is take your salary cap and say, how can we devote as much as possible to our back? The Buccaneers are the latest to show, okay? Scheme and ideas matter, but pick your places of personnel to address because if you say we got to pay the left tackle and we got to pay the running back and now we pay the quarterback and now we pay the cornerback eventually you run out of money all right this gets back to i will go back to the start of this season this goes back to why we had many conversations about how much do you pay dalvin and do you pay him not because he's not a marvelous player but because he plays a position at which a super bowl champion again showed us you can get by and you can establish play action without that being a super high paid player. Yeah, it's it's so hard because Dalvin is one of the best players in the NFL, and it's just it just comes down to okay, what are the most important pieces to winning? And if you don't have your offensive line all all your ducks in a row, having a great highly paid running back almost seems like it's you know it's like you're trying to get your finances in order and you own a Ferrari that's yeah. draining your bank account. Well, yeah. okay, like. Having the Ferrari is nice, but there's, you don't have a garage. You know, you, you your license is suspended. I don't know. Like, you, there's other things that you need to figure out before you can drive the Ferrari. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think the number one thing uh, in, in my notes for the Vikings would be offensive line and pass protection matter. And I would write that out in all caps and exclamation points. And I think one of the misperceptions of our Kirk Cousins conversations on the show is that it's an either-or proposition. Well, well, it's either you have a quarterback that can rise above, or it's it's either quarterback or offensive line. And like obviously, it's both. And the Vikings have one of the worst sets of interior offensive linemen in the NFL. They have the worst left guard as measured by Pro Football Focus in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, as bad as the Vikings' offensive line was this season in pass protection, it wasn't nearly as in shambles. <clears throat> excuse me, as the Chiefs' offensive line was in that game against the Bucs. That's the most pressures. I think it was like a 70% pressure rate on Pat Mahomes yesterday. I'm still waiting for the PFF data to come in, but like, holy crap, that dude. I mean, if it wasn't for his mobility and just superhuman skill to be able to throw darts while parallel to the ground, you know, who knows what would have happened. So two things can be true. One, the Vikings need to upgrade their offensive line and pass protection to give Kirk Cousins or any quarterback that they may have in the future a better chance to succeed. And the other thing that can be true is when you have a freakishly athletic, mobile, improvisational quarterback like Pat Mahomes and then other guys that might not be quite on that level like Russell Wilson or Josh Allen or Deshaun Watson, 
it at least gives you a better chance to still make plays and hit receivers in the face mask while running for your life. Um, and I just think, you know, what what would the game have been like if if receivers, Tyree Kill and then the play in the end zone, I think it was Williams, the running back, um, if those guys would have caught those passes, would yep. that have been a game near the end? Would he have somehow overcome Mike Remmer's swinging gate, you know, left tackle game? Um, so so offensive line matters, but so does having a quarterback that can sort of elevate your not perfect offensive line. All right. Exactly. So mine would be personnel is important on defense, but so is design and execution. Going to get really football-y there. Wow. Um, Getting real technical here. I was say, I, I said at the beginning of the season, I want to see if Mike Zimmer can get creative because if you lose to Neil Hunter and you have Michael Pierce opt out, what can you do? You're a defensive guru, but what can you do? I look at Tampa Bay, and guys, of course, look, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is a great defensive end, but they also have two linebackers in Devin White and Shaquille Barrett who can get after the quarterback, both of them with nine and eight sacks respectively. They can cover guys. They can figure out ways to blitz. And I know the Vikings defensive and uh, defensive line was just a complete mess last year without Daniil Hunter and no Pierce and Everson Griffin leaving as well. But I, I, I look at what Tampa Bay did yesterday, and they're bringing the house. They're getting creative with their linebacker blitzes. Like, I want the Vikings to do that. And I honestly think you have two linebackers in Kendricks and Barr, and I know Eric Wilson might not be back because of the free agency, but you have guys here that you can get creative with and bring pressure to the quarterback. So if you're watching that and you're Mike Zimmer, I do think you can look at that and say, yes, our personnel was the main reason. Our defense was bad last year, and we had a lot of bunch of rookies, but we can figure out ways to get after the quarterback that aren't just the traditional bring the four. I mean, I think last night was a perfect game plan defensively for the Bucks. It was also just, I think if you were to put a Mike Zimmer defense up against that offensive line, I think I think they also would have given Pat Mahomes a run. Like people are play, praising Todd Bowles and rightfully so, but when you have a, when you have Mike Remmers playing a position he's never played in 5 years and a waiver guy playing right guard, four, like four can rush. Yep. And get pressure consistently know that that's very mm-hmm. true. So my Second thought on what the Vikings could have learned uh, from the past few days goes actually beyond what we saw in the Super Bowl last night. And it's uh, extrapolated to the entire weekend. And in fact, events that have been transpiring in the National Football League. And I would say this with where this league is trending more and more now, consider always leaving yourself unless you have a gem, an ace, quarterback flexibility. Consider it. Consider it because your options, my God, I mean, look at this now. Your options are going to be open consistently. And I'm just saying, instead of locking in, because these guys' contracts are mammoth. Like, if you sign one, Kirk Cousins gets paid a lot, right? Yep. So I'm just saying that unless you've got a guy that definitively, we all agree, top five for sure, then do it. But if it's a top, you know, I'm top 12, I'm pretty good, right? Yeah. Dak Prescott with the Cowboys. People are like, why aren't they paying but him? Look, well, because he's like... and But look at the potential movement here. And, and I'm not saying that you don't pay a guy. I'm saying that you might pay a guy very short term, but continue to leave your options open because it allows you to build a really desirable product around that player. So instead of, okay, we've locked into our quarterback for three years and... Oh, oh, we can't afford a cornerback now, right? Oh, we can't afford a tackle. Oh, we can't afford this or, or that. I'm saying build the nucleus of that club, and then a quarterback might very well say, hold on a second. What? You've got what? 
I'll play there. Shot at a championship. Yeah. I just, I think the league is changing and evolving to far more of an NBA style now, which is fun and fantastic. But I think it gives you the opportunity to examine your options at quarterback. And that's a smart play, in my opinion. You know, just to add to that, it is now 19 of the last 21 Super Bowl winners have had either a legendary Hall of Fame caliber quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie scale contract. 19 out of the last 21. The only two exceptions are Brad Johnson in 2002, and that was also one of the greatest defenses of all time, right? Just a ball hawking Hall of Famers. Yep. You had Warren Sapp, John Lynch. I think you had Hall of Famers. Uh, Derek Brooks. Like You had yep. Hall of Famers every level of that defense. Mm-hmm. And then Eli Manning in 2011 also when they slayed the Patriots for the second time. So that's it. I mean, it's if, if, you, ha- if, if you have a legendary quarterback or a quarterback on a rookie skill contract, it doesn't guarantee you anything. But it at least, it, I guess it guarantees that at least you're in the right room, right? Like you're on the right path. If you don't have one of those two things, if you have a non-elite quarterback making 15% of the team's salary cap, yep. you are in the 2 out of 21 hallway. Yep. So you got to be pretty perfect with the rest of your roster construction. And so I would just I would just move off like if I'm in the 2 out of 21 category, I would rather just move off of that altogether. Yep. Keep options open. Get a rookie scale contract guy. Hope to catch lightning in a bottle. And build, I know that like only one team. Yep, only one team wins a Super Bowl. So it's really really hard. Yep. But it's a lot harder if you're not in the 19 of 21 category. Mm-hmm. I just the, think that there's a chance now more and more to build the nucleus of the team and have a quarterback say that's a great opportunity. And now bang. And guess what? If he plays one year here and wins a Super Bowl, I don't care if he retires. Man, they, I don't care what he does. We touched on this on Mackie and Judd. You brought up the it was it was the 2009 Brett Favre blueprint is what the Buccaneers pulled off. And of course, the two biggest differences are number one, yes, Favre and Brady are both great behind the scenes leader guys and get everyone to buy in and we can do this. But then only one of them just like absolutely sabotages the whole thing at the end, just to self sabotage, and that's Brett. Um, and then I think, I think the other difference is the Bucks had better weapons than the O nine Vikings. The Vikings had some good weapons in Percy and Sidney Rice, but Antonio Brown was the third wide receiver on this team, and yeah. Mike Evans and Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. So different, different weapons, and Tom Brady different level than Brett Favre. Dex, do you have one more? Yeah, thing? I have one more. And it's you look at Tampa Bay's offense; they literally have utilized all of their playmakers perfectly. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. A.B. coming in, Gronk, even Fournette and Ronald Jones. Thunder and lightning, basically, there, right? Like Fournette being more of a, a traditional goal line kind of guy and Ronald Jones being more their scat back. Like, they both still have got 1,400 yards using them in the perfect formula. They were able to spread out their offense to guys like, with Evans and Godwin and A.B. No one really had, no one had over 70 receptions that year. So Tom Brady spread the wealth around. And I think the Vikings can apply a similar format with players like Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Herb Smith, Dalvin Cook. Like, there's no reason I look at these weapons, and I know the quarterback and the line are two very important pieces to make it that whole pie work, but the personnel that the Vikings have does match up with the personnel that Tampa Bay has. So I think they should figure out ways to be more, uh, to, to use those playmakers and, and utilize those situations to be better on offense. Yeah. Man, Justin Jefferson, I can see that dude having a 200 yard game in a Super Bowl at some point, but you got to get there. Yeah. Nice. You got to get there. Yes. He's sort of built for. The bright lights. All right, those are things the Vikings could have learned if they were taking notes. 
during the Super Bowl. You guys want to mock here before we say goodbye? Oh, Absolutely. I want to mock. I want to mock. Mock. All right. I have, if you can see this uh, on the YouTube channel, I have for you guys a WalterFootball.com mock. Wally? Wally Football. football. Oh, I'm glad to see Wally still around doing his thing. Wally in the house here. All right. We'll speed through this. WalterFootball.com, I feel like they haven't updated their website in like 15 years, but they're still pumping out mock drafts You don't on a need to basis. with quality information like this. <laughs> you never need to update it. Trevor Lawrence going number one to the Jaguars. Yep. Let's keep scrolling down here. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields to the Jets. Okay, some more ads. Devontae don't... Smith. Oh, Devontae oh, Smith. Zach Wilson to the Falcons. That's an interesting one right there. Sits for a year behind Matty uh, Ice. Or do they trade Matt Ryan? Wow, look at this. The Good Eagles luck getting, on that market, man. The Eagles getting Jamar Chase to pair with not Carson Wentz, who sounds like he's going to be the Bears starting quarterback, but Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, I'm looking for quarterbacks. Don't see any here. We'll get down to the Vikings. Oh, Trey Lance going 12th to the 49ers. Okay. After they whiff on a Kirk Cousins trade, perhaps. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. And then the Vikings, <clears throat> excuse me, at number 14, Christian Barmore, defensive lineman from Alabama. I want a mock! Mock! And uh, the write-up for the podcast audience says the Vikings need as much defensive help as possible. They have to bolster their defensive line to replace some recent departures. Christian Barmore has nice length, quickness, and athleticism. So the Patriots take Jalen Waddell, of course, with the next pick. Is he more of a uh, defensive end or defensive tackle? Uh, I don't know. Do we know? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, if this was you and and it fell like that, do you take the – Defensive player, which they admittedly need badly, or the third option to to as I think Dex said on Friday, give you three deep. I take Jalen Waddle, Waddle Jefferson. I think Thielen. I honestly think I take Jalen Waddle. I know it's the irresponsible. Just go thing high flying circus act. I know that my team needs. I know that we literally just spent like a large chunk of the episode talking about trenches and offensive line too, but. I uh I just can't resist having a Do you know what would be great fun? nice car in the garage. <laughs> Do you know what might be great fun? What might be great fun? All right, get Kirk his left guard. The tackles are fine, I think. Um get Kirk a third wide receiver, all right? Tell Kubiak, let's see and turn him loose. Just for just for one, once and for all. Let's find out. Yeah, let's, let's let's and and you know what you might need to win as Kirk said what two three years back you might need to win fifty two fifty one I don't know but let's see is it a foregone conclusion now and by the way on tomorrow's episode there Adam Schefter had a great report on a potential uh, the Carolina Panthers tried to pull the trigger on something that might interest the Vikings so we'll do that tomorrow and my heart but. Now that Clint Kubiak is the offensive coordinator, yeah, doesn't that drastically lower whatever the percentage uh, chance yeah. of them trading Kirk Cousins was? It's yeah, isn't it near zero now? Yes, he's Clint Kubiak well, was the quarterbacks coach, like right. But the only difference, is, okay, so the one thing though that I keep coming back to is if Carson Wentz gets the asking price and San Francisco calls you. As married as you might be to, well, we got Clint to run Kirk's system, right? You might be overwhelmed. Like, Carson Wentz might get a first-round pick. I think he's going to get a first-round pick. Matt Stafford got two first-round picks. They'd like two first-round picks. But my point is, if San Francisco did call you and said, bleep it, here it is, you might be in a position not to say no. 
That's why I keep coming. That's why I don't think it's dead. Like, I think the Vikings, look, I think the Vikings are, are happily, in their mind, married to Kirk, okay? And they're not going to cheat. But they might be on the road, and a very attractive person might be pursuing them. Kate Upton sits next yeah, to you at the bar. I'm just bar. telling you. I'm telling You're you. You're out in Maui on a business trip. No, I don't know why you'd be in Maui on a business Lynch trip. And John Lynch says, but... no one will ever find out. I've thought about it, yep. I'm just telling you, okay? That's why I'm not done with this one yet. Crept up my mind. Let's I, let's do I mean, a, look at the market, dude. Let's definitely do this on. Let's look, look at the market for these guys. There's some, yeah. There's it's some nuts. juicy stuff out there right now. Very excited. We'll get into. We'll do a reckless speculation Thursday on a Tuesday tomorrow. It'll be <laughs> very exciting. All right. So, all right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thank you for hanging out with us. And now that the NFL season is over, this is where. We actually love this part. Like right now, all the way through the NFL draft, there's so much roster construction and things through, to through March, discuss. Just so juicy. We're gonna we're gonna have lists of free agents and lists of draft picks, and we'll bring guests on. So stick with us on a daily basis here on Purple Daily. We appreciate you hanging out. We'll see you tomorrow.